Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So here we are, the final day of uh, 2017, wrapping it up. The year is almost, almost done with. I was just looking at some numbers here, and uh, they are scary. Now, they go back a few years, and maybe, uh, maybe 10 years, but I suspect they're not all that different today than they were at the time that this particular study was done or a a survey was done of high school students by the Josephson Institute in the United States. The Josephson Institute's 2008 report card on the ethics of American youth, a report on the attitudes and conduct of 29,760 high school students, reveals entrenched habits of dishonesty in today's young people. Check this out, stealing. In bad news for business, more than one in three boys, 35%, and one-fourth of the girls, 26%, a total of 30% overall, admitted stealing from a store within the past year. Lying. More than two in five, 42%, said they sometimes lie to save money. Again, the male-female difference was significant, 49% of the males, 36% of the females. Cheating in school continues to be rampant, and it's getting worse. A substantial majority, 64%, cheated on a test during the past year. 38% did so two or more times. And as bad as these numbers are, it appears they understate the level of dishonesty exhibited by America's youth. I've got some stuff on Canada, too, I'll share with you shortly. More than one in four confessed they lied on at least one or two questions on the survey. And despite these high levels of dishonesty... These same kids have a high self-image when it comes to ethics. A whopping 93% said they were satisfied with their personal ethics and character, and 77% said that when it comes to doing what is right, I'm better than most people I know. I don't know why I'm laughing. Roy Green Show, Chorus Radio Network. Later on on the show, we'll have our... I'm really looking forward to this. Three members of the Conservative Party of Canada will be our guests. Two members of Parliament... One senator, Michelle Rempel, who's the MP for Calgary-Nose Hill, 
Candace Bergen, the MP for Portage Liscar, and uh, Senator Denise Batters from Saskatchewan. We'll go out of 2017, 2000, into 2018 with these very strong-willed and uh, definitely leaders in this country of ours. Dr. Arthur Kaplan joins me. He's the head of medical ethics at the New York University School of Medicine. He joins us from the Pointer Journalism Ethics Summit, and he wrote an op-ed, The Media Need to Do More to Elevate a National Conversation About Ethics. Dr. Kaplan, it's good to talk to you. We've been talking about various issues over the last 10 years, you and I, and what I'm finding out, what I'm hearing is staggering, and these numbers, I went back 10 years, these numbers from the Josephson Institute for High School Kids are really worrisome because they are now the people who are in the workforce. You've got a situation where I think high school kids look up for role models and they don't find them. In the States, they may find a president who got elected as a tough businessman, which could also be interpreted as not much ethics, willing to renege on contracts, sort of leave the little guy in the lurch, lie. And many people thought, well, that's what success is all about. And then we have a parade of people today who are uh, fallen heroes. So I know those that date is old, but I do worry that we are not uh, doing the kinds of things a culture needs to do in the U.S. or Canada to inculcate better ethics. We're just sort of keeping score on the failures, you know, the parade of people who have uh, been busted for harassment or other sins, and we don't do much more than sort of list them and gawk at them. And then we've got political leaders who sort of make it as doing what it takes, quote-unquote. Well, I'm just looking at the opening line from the piece that you wrote. Presidents, Olympians, congressional leaders, judges, university professors, religious leaders, media stars, military leaders, police, professional and amateur sports celebrities, business titans, and a host of others now occupy the burgeoning ranks of debunked heroes. I now expect to open a newspaper or website or turn on my TV and find a daily moral disappointment staring back at me with his lawyer in the background, apology in hand. Have ethics really taken a kick in the pants, or does it just appear that way because of the concentration on the issue? No, I think they've taken a kick in the pants. I think there's been sliding away from taking ethics seriously. Some people don't want it taught or mentioned or discussed in the public schools at all. Some people think it's only to be talked about at religious institutions, churches and mosques and synagogues and so on. I think a lot of folks basically have given up. And the culture, if you watch our media on both sides of the border, tends to reward material success as the right thing to do. Rich, famous, celebrities, bigger houses, uh, better cars. How you got there, eh, we don't care so much. The measuring stick is starting to become what you got, not how did you get it. So this is a permanent... I mean, are we at the point where it has the chance to become a cornerstone of our society going forward. In other words, I don't really care about ethics. If I get caught, I'll just I'll either apologize or I'll just you know, shrug and walk away from it. Uh, are we at that stage? I worry we are. I think that uh, until we get more dialogue going in our houses, at our schools, at our 
civic organizations and nationally in the media that sort of says, look, uh, we don't just want to report on bad behavior and we don't just want to give high marks to those who seem to have the largest cars and the biggest swimming pools. We're going to be in trouble. Uh, and I think it's a problem because I do believe you can't really have a free market. You can't run capitalism without an undergirding of ethics. That is, you need trust. You have to honor promises. Even the founder of sort of free market society, Adam Smith, when he wrote a book called Wealth of Nations, which inspired a slew of capitalists after him, um, he wrote a book before that in the 18th century called The Theory of Moral Sentiments. And what he said was, you can't have a free market without ethics. You got to have an ethics foundation. If you don't, the whole thing ultimately falls apart. And I worry we're headed that way. Is uh, the use of the word ethics, is it overused and perhaps not as well understood the word itself as it should be? Should we be saying, if you know it's wrong, it's wrong. If you know it's right, it's right. If you're not sure, it's probably wrong too. (laughs) Well, there's certainly room for intuition. But remember, a lot of people once thought, if that person's a different skin color, they don't belong in the pool with me. Uh, I don't think that person's gender would let them vote. I mean, we have made some moral progress. I don't want to deny that. We have more civil rights, even in my area of medical ethics. We now expect people to get informed consent before they do things to you. The doctor should get your permission, get your agreement. So it's not that we haven't made progress, but I think what's happened is we're starting to get relativistic. That's what you were just doing, Roy. You were saying, look, it's really in the eye of the beholder, and uh, that's all we got. I don't think that's true. I think we got some pretty time-tested principles. Treat others like you'd want to be treated is a good one. Um, that we ought to be bringing forward and saying, look, in business life, military life, you can't just do what you want to the enemy, quote-unquote. We treat their injured We uh, don't beat them up and torture them to extract information. I think that behavior on the part of America was a disaster morally. I agree with John McCain and others about that. You don't torture. You give up the moral high ground. And in sports, it does matter uh, what you do to win. The the Russians, doping, undercuts the Olympics uh, completely. You know, we can't have competition without ethics. We can't have athletics that anybody's going to pay serious attention to if cheating is everywhere. Yeah, well, cheating's as close as the uh, the next person with a vial of mm-hmm. performance-enhancing substances in sports. Then it's up to the individual to make the decision whether or not to take it. Well, Sometimes, let me jump right, in and say, I do think it's up to the individual, but if your coach says take it, if your sponsor says we're not going to back you unless you win. Yeah, yeah. If people wind up saying the only thing that I'm paying attention to is who came in first, yeah. not how well you competed, then I think you're encouraging taking that vial. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. If the difference is a $30 million a year contract, if you take it and you build yourself up enough that your performance levels are going to be such that you'll be breaking records, or if you don't take it, uh, you're just going to be an average player and you'll be making... I know it sounds terrible, but a million bucks a year. A lot of people are going to opt for the $30 million. And I remember talking to uh, Ben Johnson's coach. Mm-hmm. And Ben Johnson's coach said to me, Ben could beat everybody if everybody ran clean. But he could not beat them if they ran dirty. So we did what they did. And I think there are those who would just say, give it up. 
let them use whatever they want. Stop trying to police yeah. it. Yeah. But you can't do it because at some point they start killing themselves in order to get an advantage. They take things that damage their liver. They do things that are going to cause uh, early death because the drugs are too powerful. So to me, we've got to say to coaches and sports reporters and even the fans, look, um, we're going to try and police it as best we can. We can't control every bit of cheating. But if a person cheats, they're going to they're going to be held in contempt. We're going to try and pull the money back from them. We're going to yank back the rewards. I'm not even impressed that, given the level that the Russians exhibited of cheating in the Winter Olympics, that they're still hanging around in this upcoming Olympics under anybody's flag. Yeah, no, I understand, and I agree. Do you have a couple of minutes more? I do. All right, let me take a quick break, and we'll come back and speak some more with Dr. Arthur Kaplan. Because we've talked about celebrities and politicians and people who are at the top of the food chain, as it were, who have been caught ethically compromised. Some of them continue with their careers. Others disappear for a while, and then they come back, either in a different career or they're reborn in their previous career. They make all sorts of promises not to do it again. But what about how it affects, ethical behavior affects our daily lives? You take your car in for service, and you're told your vehicle requires something that it doesn't require, and you pay for it because you trust the person who's working on your car to tell you the truth. And the person who's working on the car, and I'm not just, pick, I'm not just, I'm not picking on any one group. It's just an example. Uh, and the person who is working on your car had the intent of telling you from the very beginning that you needed to have something replaced that was working perfectly fine, because that person was intent to make some extra money. So that's where the ethics breakdown is. Just one example, a small example of our, of our daily lives. And I'm sure that everybody listening to this program feels they've been screwed one way or another by someone at some time, who behaved unethically. We'll come back with Dr. Kaplan. We'll take some phone calls on this as well. Stay with us. He weighs both sides of the story and chooses what's right over what's wrong. More Roy Green on the Chorus Radio Network. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. And uh, I was going to say emails again. It came out like commie. <laughs> no, don't, don't send it to dot commie. Uh, and follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. There's something wrong in here with the sound. Something wrong. I'm going to find it. Here's something from uh, July 6, 2010. Spurred on by new technology, cheating in Canadian high schools and post-secondary institutions is growing and evolving to the point that students and teachers differ over what qualifies as cheating, according to the Canadian Council on Learning. Nearly three-quarters, 73% of first-year students across Canada, admitted to committing one or more serious acts of academic dishonesty on written work while in high school, including cheating on essays or assignments, and nearly 60% admitted to serious acts of cheating on tests in high school, according to a survey of 20,000 students at 11 post-secondary education institutions. And that is in this country. Dr. Arthur Kaplan is my guest, head of medical ethics at New York University School of Medicine. 
And uh, one of his books, and it's my favorite, Smart Mice, Not So Smart People. Dr. Kaplan, one stat after another with big numbers of people who openly admit to the fact that they cheat. So there are some, there's ethical breakdown there. And then what I found particularly interesting was in the Josephson study, they got to, uh, despite these levels of dishonesty, and we went through all the, the high levels of people cheating, the same kids have a high self-image when it comes to ethics. A whopping 93% said they were satisfied with their personal ethics and character, and 77% said, that, quote, when it comes to doing what is right, I'm better than most people I know. <laughs> so what are your students saying? My students these days are saying, I don't know where to turn. It looks like everybody who's successful has serious flaws, whether it's a Bill Cosby that they grew up watching as some kind of moral exemplar, or all these Hollywood types being perp-walked away for harassment, or a Charlie Rose who their parents told them, no, that's the kind of person you want to grow up to be. On and on it goes. So there, I don't know that they'd tell me they had great morals. I think what they'd say is morals are for suckers, or I just don't know why I should do it because so many people don't, and they seem to do well. Uh, I, I have a feeling that there are a lot of people whose feeling is that I'm entitled, and our saying in this country is I'm entitled to my entitlements, quoting a former cabinet minister. And uh, But there's also a lot of people who say I have my rights, and my right is to go after whatever I want, and if I do something that's uh, unethical or immoral, well, that's your point of view. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree. I think, again, you're certainly entitled to pursue self-interest. Right. But you've got to be thinking about, in the long run, if you just tramp all over people, if you crush them, if you do things that destroy them, it makes for good TV dramas and stuff and entertainment in a way. The jerk rises to the top. But the system is premised on the idea that you're not going to do that, that you strive as hard as you can to get ahead, you pursue your self-interest, sure, but you don't do it by duping or worse, harming uh, others. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the top, the thing to do is to remember that you owe uh, your society, your city, your group something. You didn't really just make it up there on your own. I'm kind of amused to see people tell me, well, I did it all myself. Um, no, somebody didn't. sent you to school, somebody allowed you to have, yeah. you know, yeah. a warm home when you were uh, a kid. Yeah. Um, so you got to get back. You've got to pay it back a little bit. Not everything, but something. Some of it. Yeah. Dr. Kaplan, I've got to run. I appreciate your time. Hey, my pleasure. And a Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Thanks. Dr. Arthur Kaplan on the Roy Green Show on the Cordless Radio Network. 800-263-2428 is the number. 800-263-2428. Have you ever found yourself on the receiving end of somebody else's unethical behavior. Have you been cheated or scammed by somebody? And what happened? But most importantly, have you ever been scammed and cheated because of somebody else's unethical behavior? And has anybody listening to this program ever acted unethically? And will tell us what you did. 800-263-2428.